Hey there, podcast listeners. Since the time of recording this episode, we've changed our name to be Truest Leadership Institute. You can learn more about this podcast and about the Truest Leadership Institute by visiting us on the web at truestleadershipinstitute.com. And now, back to the episode. There is really nothing more frustrating than putting a lot of effort into attracting and in recruiting employees, only to have them not show up for their first day or quit within their first 90 days to one year of employment. There are no guarantees in a free market employment economy, we all know that, but there are some things that you can do to minimize employee turnover in that crucial first year. We're back with Bev Wise and Ramonda Kaiser from the BB&T Leadership Institute to learn more. You know, just take yourself back to when you were new in a in an employment situation and how it was that first day and ask yourself as an employer these types of questions. Do you have any kind of a process that helps an employee get acclimated to the company, to their job, to their workspace, to their team? How do, how do employees get treated in that first day of employment on the job? How do they learn about the written and unwritten rules of the organization? How do, how do they know how to fit in? How do they know the specifics of what you expect of them? Do you ever think about assigning them a mentor or a colleague or a buddy that they can ask questions to that they might be hesitant to ask directly to a boss. So this doesn't have to be complicated at all. I, we, we all have some horror stories that, uh, we can, we can talk about with employees that have either left in the first day or left shortly thereafter. And, and I, we were sitting here on the off camera time or off speaker time and we were telling a couple on, I think you've got one. Yeah. I, there's just one that's always stuck out in my mind. I was working for another bank in a call center environment and they had this building that was kind of on a weird corner. And so it was hard to really see how to get in the building. And evidently they had hired this really great employee and they were very excited for her to come on board but they did not tell her how to get into the parking garage. And in the course of pulling in, did not realize that the arm to let her into the gate would come down. And she hit the arm with her car and totally tore it off and was so mortified by the experience that she did just did a circle in the parking lot and just left and never came back. And it wasn't until they pulled the security cameras that they realized why she had come and just left. But, you know, it's just such a simple thing. And they were horrified by it themselves because she was such a great win for them from a talent acquisition standpoint. But something as simple as not knowing how to get into the parking garage lost them that opportunity. Onboarding is more than giving an employee an employee manual and saying, read it and figure it out. It is understanding the culture and now that you are going to work in. And how do you fit in? Um, asking those hard questions and then helping people be successful in becoming a part of your culture. Yeah, we spend more time in the in the day at work than we do with the people we we love at home. Our families. Exactly, exactly. And so when you think about what does that experience look like and how do you create an experience? And this isn't about soft pedaling or 
or taking a job and, and minimizing the the challenge and the responsibilities. Or coddling your employees. Exactly. It's far from that. It's helping them get up to speed as quickly as possible so they can be a productive employee for you and that they feel comfortable in the mm-hmm. environment. So that's that next stage. So we had talked in the last podcast about attraction and recruiting. Then it's once you find that wonderful talent, how do you get them up and running really quickly? Now let's move to development and talk about development and how do you, what are the options and opportunities to continue to develop your employees when they come on board your organization? Absolutely. Um, Do we have a leadership development department? Are we continually pouring into our talent in our organization? Is there a high potential track for our employees? I'm currently working with high potentials in an organization that their executive management team said, we need to look at people who are a couple layers under. Like a leadership pipeline. Like the leadership pipeline and let's develop them. Let's give them an immersive 12, 18 month process, um, how to build culture, how to do engagement, how to practice self-awareness, manage through change, how to manage through change that is constantly with us now. And so this, this immersive development process is critical to keeping these employees that the organization values on board. Absolutely. So it sounds like you've really got to think about their experience when they first get settled into that company, not just on the first day, but all the way through their first year. Yes. And then you also have to think about how are we growing them and and having a definable concept that you're not only implementing, but also I would imagine the associate or the employee should know what that looks like as well. Absolutely. And this takes us back to something we said in the first podcast. Talent management and HR have to be a strategic partner, a business partner in our organizations. They are more than just hiring background screens and drug screenings or compensation, but they have a strategic role in helping an organization get to the next level. Yeah, it's really a voice at the table for this whole employee life cycle process. One of the other questions I'd ask is, does the organization have some form of a performance management system? A, do they have, you know, job descriptions so that the employee knows what it is that they're supposed to do? Do they have a compensation system that aligns with, knows what to pay for that particular job? But then most importantly, when does their performance get reviewed? How do they get coached? How do they know that they are performing to the expectations that that manager has? So even coaching for that performance and having some kind of a performance formal, it doesn't have to be complicated. I've seen, I had one client one time who had three questions, thumbs up, thumbs down, and what kinds of information do you want to let me know as your boss? Literally three questions. They would talk, the employee would fill it out, and they would fill it out, and they would come together and have a conversation. It was simple, but it worked for them, and it was an opportunity to get together and evaluate once a year how things were going. You know, we live and breathe what we do, and so we never get really to turn this off. And I'm currently doing that exact same thing for a nonprofit group that I'm working with um, as a volunteer. They don't have a performance management process and haven't had one. 
you just assume that you're doing a good job if you don't get any feedback. Yeah, no news is good news. No news yeah, is good is so news. True. How many companies do that? Yeah, unfortunately. Lots of companies, lots of churches, lots of nonprofits operate no news is good news. It was shocking when I said, I think we need to have a performance management strategy. And they said, well, what does that look like? First, what is it? So I had to explain it. Second, well, what does that look like? I said, it can be cumbersome where it's questions and pages. I said, but for us, it can be just three questions. What have I done well over the last quarter? What do I need to improve on? And what do you need from me as your manager? That's it. It can be very simple. And you know, you're leading us right into retention. Yes. Because those are the kinds of tools and systems that an employer can put in place that an employee knows that they they are meaningful to the organization, that, that there's an investment of time and energy in the employee so that that employee feels like they're making a difference. And so, we use that as um, our term of engagement. We help organizations assess their engagement level. And am I giving you the discretionary energy that you need for me to do my job well? And am I really satisfied in the work that I'm doing? Is this a good fit? And am I getting some satisfaction out of it? Right. Yeah. So we, we measure, we have a tool that we've developed at the Institute and that we have research tested to really understand what are those drivers of employee engagement. And the, the survey really measures two different things. It measures employee satisfaction, which helps determine it's a predictive indication of whether the employee will stay with the organization. And as importantly, energy level, because that's a predictor of the discretionary effort mm-hmm. that that employee will give. You don't. Will I go above and beyond? Right. Or am I just going to do enough? To check the box. Absolutely. So that's, that's a tool that we offer to come alongside our, our clients and help them with that retention box. Last but not least is the transition box. And we had talked about this earlier, but you want to, you want to transition well. You want to leave doors open. Again, because of this war on talent that we have in our society, you know, the fact that somebody might be retiring or leaving the organization because of family issues or whatever, what about part-time employment? What about recommending other people because they know the job that they were just doing, so they know what's required of that job. They may know of other people who could perform that that position. So, you know, leaving that door open and not, um, you know, exiting a person well with dignity, with respect and gracefully is just that last component of that circle of employee life cycle. So, you know, wrapping up the, the, the six different elements of the employee life cycle, we have attraction, we have recruiting, we have onboarding, we've got developing, we've got retaining, and we've got transitioning. So ask yourselves, as you're listening to this podcast, what areas of this six-part cycle are we already doing? This does not have to be complicated. Ask yourself what you're already doing, what could you use some help figuring out, and remember, you don't have to do this alone. We have talent and expertise at the Leadership Institute that could come alongside you and make some recommendations about what you could do in what order. It doesn't all have to be done at one time. That can feel overwhelming. 
but what pieces of the puzzle could be done to really help you in your talent management approach? If you are overwhelmed in fear and panicked, take a minute, breathe, and step back. Take a sheet of paper, write down where your opportunities are, where you think that your opportunities are, and then call us. But also remember, you don't have to know the answers yourself. Correct. Because I think that's one of those things that a lot of leaders fall into is I have to know all of the answers and it is totally okay if they do not know the answers. And quite honestly, Anna, we don't want you to know all the answers because our job is to help dig around in your business challenge, in your obstacle, so that we can show you what the true root cause might be. If you come to me with what you think the problem is, and I start dissecting and um, diagnosing, I need you to be open and willing to hear what the real problem is. So it sounds like knowing the answers, quote unquote, is just another form of resistance or maybe a defensive technique. Possibly. Yeah. Just let us do the dissecting. We'll help you get to what the root cause is. Yeah, what we help try to help leaders do is stay curious. Stay curious. Um, you know, you're probably curious about the business elements of your company, you know, the financial, the customer, the customer strategy. It's the same on the employee side. Kind of stay curious, stay open, and just evaluate what's working and what's not. And if you feel like it's not quite working, then there are ways in which we could help. If you're in that audience segment that you're, you're doing a lot of this already, the question is, is it working? And uh, what's the level of proactivity? Because the more proactive, there's a great article uh, by Deloitte called Talent Matters. Um, you can find it out on the, on the internet. And it really talks about that level of proactivity does make a huge difference in your overall business results. So might be a good time to do an audit of what you're currently doing and see whether or not there's some things that you could change or upgrade to make them more effective. In our next episode, Bev and Ramonda help us identify our next steps to develop a strong talent management strategy and share some really interesting tools and tips that you can use to develop your employees. Once we wrap up with this series on talent management, I'm thrilled to be bringing to you a new series on employee engagement with Dr. Patrick Gallagher and Dr. Chris Smith. Now, Dr. Gallagher has been doing some really interesting research in the field of employee engagement and energy and has some new insights that'll bring a fresh perspective to how you view employee engagement. Speaking of staying curious, are you curious about how to effectively lead your organization through periods of change? Join us on November 4th and 5th, 2019, for a two-day program we call Leading Change with Purpose. Implementing change can be an organization's most significant competitive advantage and also one of your biggest leadership challenges. Leading Change with Purpose provides an interactive learning environment that equips you with strategies to develop employees, maintain momentum, and identify future opportunities for change. And as an added bonus, you'll even get to stay with us overnight at our beautiful campus in Greensboro, North Carolina. Register online today at www.bbtleadershipinstitute.com. And once you do register, make sure to email me and let me know you're coming. Drop me an email at leadershipinstitute at bbnt.com. 
That's Leadership Institute at bbandt.com. I would love to swing by your classroom and say hello. We hope you're enjoying our podcast episodes and would love to hear from you. So take a moment and leave us a review. Episodes are available anywhere you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. For show notes or for additional information, find us at www.bbtleadershipinstitute.com. Leadership Amplitude is a podcast production of the BB&T Leadership Institute. All rights reserved.